Amen. Thank you so much for coming to worship with us this morning. I just thank God for you, and I always say this, that I appreciate your being here with us this morning because you had a choice. You could have gone anywhere else, but you're online with us, so we thank God for you. Listen, don't forget to like and to share this. In fact, go ahead and start a watch party. Invite your friends, your family, because I believe that God always has an encouraging word for his people. Amen? Type in amen. In fact, that's the way we communicate now. So if there's anything that you want to say, um, if you agree with anything, go ahead and type in the words amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, yes, 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 whatever you're saying is, or wave a hand, and at any time, if you want prayer, Go ahead and put the prayer emoji up or say prayer. We have people who are standing by who will talk with you um, in your direct message to pray for whatever you need. There's only one, one thing that we ask, and that is that as God answers your prayer, you let us know. Why? Because we believe that God answers prayer, and we pray until something happens. All righty? Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? If you're ready, go ahead and type in the word ready right there in the comment section. Just type in the word ready. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for each person that is here or that is coming and that will hear this at a later date because of the technology that you've allowed us to have. And so, Lord, we just ask that you might be glorified in all that's said and done. You may meet the need, change our hearts, and prepare us to hear and obey your word. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray that you might use this sinful man to declare a holy word. Amen, amen. In fact, speaking of technology, hey, I got some great news. You can now listen to the message on both Spotify and iTunes. That's right, just type in Zion Temple and it will pop up. So go ahead and subscribe to us there on iTunes and Spotify, and you can invite other people to hear the word of God right there. So it'll just be the message. There isn't the music or anything like that. It's, we um, converted everything into an, um, a podcast. So you can do that. All righty, here we go. You know what? So the last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, courage. We've talked about worry being the enemy of courage. We've talked about the Bible or the Word of God and the presence of God being the source of courage. We talked about generosity and generosity being the test of courage. And not just generous with our money, but generous with our time. And then we talked about relationships, relationships being the legacy of courage. Today, I want to talk about the goal of courage. Why? Because God has called us to be courageous for a purpose. It has a goal. And you know what? Turn to Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to give you some background um, on this brother. The brother's name is, is um, Caleb. And we're going to talk about and see courage in action and look at the purpose uh, of courage or the goal of courage. So this brother in, in Numbers 13, his name is Caleb. Now, remember this, that God had called the Israelites to um, give them a mission. And that mission was to conquer a very large piece of land that was called the promised land. And God had described that land as being a land that flowed with milk and honey. And so God tells Moses to go and to send 12 men to go and spy out this land, to check it out, to see that it was all that God had said it was. And so this is what they said. Go ahead and turn to Numbers chapter 13, 
We're going to look at a couple verses, verses 27 to 28 right now. And it says this. This was their report to Moses. When they entered the land, I'm sorry, we entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and in their, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And so check this out. So they went there. They, they brought proof back of the fruit that it was bearing, and they concentrated what? They noticed that it was fortified. Now, this is what always got me, because they're saying, hey, we, the land is fortified, but yet they've infiltrated the land. So how fortified is the land? I guess when you have thousands of people you're trying to bring in with you, it makes a huge difference because they couldn't all go the same way. So they saw that the land was, uh, was valid as God had said. Not only was the land valid as God had said, but they were still scared. In fact, their, their fear infected the people as they shared their fear with the people. Check out verse 30. Because there was two people, but this says, verse 30 says, But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. And this is what he said. He said, hey, let's go at once and take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. And so, so you got 12 guys going. Ten of them come back and say, we can't do this. The people are huge. They're giants. The land is fortified. And Caleb Caleb, Caleb's back here said, look, we can do this. He and Joshua. Caleb says, hey, I'm not afraid of some giant. He's not scared of what he sees with his physical eyes. Why? As the others are, because he believes that he is on a mission from God. And if God has called the mission, then guess what? God's going to provide the way to conquer it, to make the mission successful. He knew that God would help them. But here, look at what the other said um, in verse 31. Caleb says, hey, we can do this. He responded with enthusiasm. But in verse 31, it says this. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report among, about the land among the Israelites. The land we, this is what they said, the land we travel through and explore will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And check this out. Next to them, we are, felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. So the people believed him. They brought into the fear that they had, that um, the men were spreading. They could not see it. They, they saw, um, didn't see past what they saw. What do you mean, past what they saw? Everything that they saw was true. There were giants in the land. It was a fortified city. They felt like grasshoppers because they were so small compared to the people that, that they saw. And all that was true, but what they didn't see or had forgotten is that the mission was from God. And if God calls a mission, 
he is going to do it. In fact, in the New Testament, Paul said it like this. If God be for us, <laughs> well, who can be against us? And so God had a mission for them. And here's the thing. If God has a mission, he is going to accomplish it. And so God was calling them to go into the promised land and to establish their nation and to demonstrate to the world. See, the mission wasn't so much about us, but God's plan for Israel was to go into this land to conquer it and demonstrate to the world God's plan, God's provision, and God's power to deliver from the snare of the enemy. And guess what? God has a mission for us too today. And guess what? Again, you can bet that because God has a mission that he's going to work it out, he is going to accomplish it. Again, just a reminder, Paul said, if God be for us, who can succeed or what can succeed against us? Why? Because God himself is for us and God has the mission. He, so and just as God sent Moses to, or had Moses send out the 12 on the mission, check this out. Jesus sent out 12 on a mission as well. And he sent out his 12 disciples on what we call the Great Commission. And it's recorded in Matthew chapter 28. So if you turn there with me, Matthew 28, we're going to just look at a couple of verses. Verse 19, and this is what it says. You can read it on the screen. You can write it down. You can go back later. Therefore, this is Jesus giving the mission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, the goal of courage, and it was going to take courage to, to go and to share this mission, to do this, but the goal of courage is that God wants us to share the good news. God wants to be glorified, to give hope to a hopeless world, to share that men and women can be forgiven of sin, that they can have relationship with the Creator. And so he wants us to share this with others because it gives us purpose. It gives this life meaning today. It deals with issues of today's life as well as giving hope for the next. Now, a lot of times what we do, we concentrate on the hope for the next, but we don't want to deal with the issues of today. But with God, his good news is that, hey, I am here to give you hope, give you um, success for today, to forgive you of sin to allow you to live victoriously today with hope of eternal life with me in the future. You see, eternal life begins now. It doesn't begin later, it begins now. And there's a, a life, there's kingdom living for the believer that happens right now. Now, the challenge is, is that it's going to take courage to share that good news. Because why? There's opposition. There's opposition, opposition to the world. We share this good news in a very unfriendly world. We share this good news for us today in what we call a post-Christian um, society, a post-Christian world. There are no longer Christian values that are um, prominent in most areas of life. But So I want you to remember a few things. I'm almost done. So the goal of courage is to share the gospel. And God has given us a mission, and that mission is to change and transform the world with the Word of God. There are a few things I want you to, to, to remember. One is that sharing your faith, sharing your faith 
is an expression of your love for God. It is. Why? Caleb, Caleb loved God, and because Caleb loved God, he wanted what God wanted. And he was able to see beyond the physical circumstances. And so he says, hey, we can do this. And the word of God, Jesus says, hey, if you love me, you're going to do what I ask you to do. And that relationship causes you to do that. And so we share our faith, one, because of our love for God. Um, and, and God loves us so much, we, we demonstrate his love. God, we want what God wants. God loved us so much, he showed us what he wanted. How? By putting on human flesh, coming in the form of human, Jesus Christ, dying for sin, making it possible to have relationship with him and, um, and making it impossible for death to have victory over us. The word of God says, no greater love hath any man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friend. I don't know about you, but I thank God, I thank God for laying down his life for me. I thank God for relationship with him. I thank God for forgiveness. There has been no greater news in my life that changed everything about me, how I saw things about me, uh, was, came from being forgiven and in relationship with him. How about you? Are you glad that God has provided a way of forgiveness for you? If you are, type in the word forgiven, forgiven. Check this out. God is so bad that he not only forgives us for the past, but he forgives us for even the future stuff that we're going to do. Whoa, I mean, that, that's a whole nother, a whole nother lesson. But yeah, so, so also sharing your faith is an expression of your love for God. But also sharing your faith is an expression of our love for others. You can't tell me that if you had a cure for cancer, that you wouldn't want other folk to know, the people that you love, motivated simply by your love for them. You don't know how bad, how real that statement is for me today. I have a cousin who literally just passed, just, 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 just went to be with the Lord the other day from, from cancer. If I knew the cure, I would gladly share it. But we have the answer, saints of God, as part of this mission to share what ails men, to cure what separates men from God, but it's going to take courage. We operate in fear. We don't share it. We um, pass by opportunity. But God says, hey, you've got to have courage. Let me be the source of your courage. I want to put myself in you to encourage you that you might be able to share the gospel that men and women may know me, be in relationship with me. The goal is to bring glory to God, to share the gospel, to see lives transformed. Thirdly, sharing of our faith is actually an expression of our love for ourselves. Why do you say that? Because trust me, there is nothing more exciting than knowing you've helped or been a part of leading someone to Christ. And the goal of courage is to deliver the message of the mission that God wants you to be in relationship with him. God wants you to live your best life. Or someone, I'm living my best life. No, God wants you to really live your 
best life. In fact, Jesus said it like this, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have, what, real life, life, and that more abundantly. And so because God wants you to live your best life, he eradicated the one thing that will keep you from living your best life. That's sin, unforgiveness. And so he provided the way to bring you into the, his presence through the death of his son. And let, let, me, let me remind you, here's another thing I want you to know. That people don't only want to hear Moses' story. They don't want to just hear Caleb's story. They don't want to hear Paul's story. Guess what? They want to hear your story. They want to hear how God has changed you, how God has provided for you. They want to not know that God is Jehovah Jireh because Abraham said he's Jehovah Jireh. They want to know that God is Jehovah Jireh because you can testify that God has provided in your life. They want to know that God forgives because they want to see what happens in your life. I had a conversation with my cousin. The church, we, we are so guilty. We want to live proud and as if we've never done anything. And God wants us to expose our shame, expose our sin to show the glory the love the forgiveness of God who can take broken hearts broken lives and put them back together and make them better than they were he want the world wants to know that God is a God who will step right into depression and bring you hope he wants they want to know that God is a God of a pandemic that can give you peace in the middle of a pandemic they want to know that God is a God who will walk with you through a divorce who will dry every tear at night when no one else wants to hear that God will make his presence known so that's your testimony you see we're thinking we always got to thump be bible thumpers and show no not always Trust me, I understand the word of God is sharp and it's powerful. It's like a two-edged sword and able to divide asunder the soul and the spirit. But we are the testimony of what the word of God can do. And that's why we live our lives to glorify God. People want to know. We talk about God never failing. They want to know. I've been through some times when I thought God had failed. I found out that God was working when I thought he was failing me. God showed up late. I thought it was late. I know church says he's never late. He's always on time. Come on, be real. You thought he was late too. It wasn't until later that you realized that God was on time. It wasn't until you look back and say, Lord, I thank you that you didn't give me what I asked for right then. Finally, don't count the grasshopper out. See, the, 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 the other, they were spies. Ten thought, hey, we're, we're like grasshoppers. There's no way that we can do anything. I looked up some facts about grasshoppers, and, and this is what I found out about them. I found that grasshoppers have what's called a tympanic membrane, or, or it's a, like an eardrum, but it's located in their belly. And they, they can sense, sense the movement uh, of the earth. Um, Grasshoppers can catapult themselves. That's why they jump so, so far and so high. The, the mechanism within their back legs, and their legs are so large. And if, if a grasshopper were human, um, we compare the distance that they're jumping relative to their body and ours, we would be able to jump the length of a football field. Not only that, grasshoppers, grasshoppers can not only jump, but they can fly. 
Here's one for the brothers. Here's one. This is Valentine's Day. Oh, happy Valentine's Day to y'all. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. But, brother, here's one you'll appreciate. Grasshoppers, um, um, they do something called um, stridulating. And with that, that is they, they, they rub their legs together, and their legs make music. It makes a sound that, that can be heard. And during mating season, that sound is attractive to the opposite sex. So they sing. They sing these songs. And the great things, why I say, brothers, you can appreciate this, because they don't, they, the, because of the, the, um, the, the ear, the way the ear is made in the stomach, they don't pay attention, particularly, particular attention to the tune. In fact, they, they can make the sound, but it doesn't have to be in tune. All it has to do is have the right vibration to attract the person or the grasshopper of the opposite sex. So, brothers, some of you are going to be, you know, playing your song, playing your music today. You ain't got to worry. You ain't got to be Luther. You ain't got to be like Maxwell. You, you don't have to have the right tune, be in tune, but you just got to play the song. And so that, that's what many of the grasshoppers would do. They would just play their song. And here's the big thing I want you to remember. One grasshopper by itself isn't a threat in most cases. It can't do too much harm. Although... A bat grasshopper by itself eats about half of its body weight in, in plants every day. But and when you see the word locust, grasshopper, they're, they're one, um, not always one and the same, but they're the same um, family. But check this out. Their combined feeding habits, when you have a swarm of grasshoppers, hello, somebody, when you have a swarm of locusts, they can completely devour a landscape. Don't believe me, ask. Ask uh, the Egyptians when, when God sent Pharaoh, sent the grasshoppers or the locusts to um, Pharaoh. Don't, don't believe me um, about what? I, I saw this fact in 1954. There was a swarm of, of desert locusts that covered over 75 square miles um, and devoured 75 square miles of cultivated plants in Kenya. In fact, and not only did we have in 2020, did we have um, the pandemic, but at the same time in other parts of the world, in Africa, there, there were huge locust swarms that were devouring land. So check this out. One grasshopper by itself may not be much, but when God puts his power and calls us little grasshoppers, so you might be a grasshopper, we may be insignificant in the eyes of the world, and we may look like grasshoppers, but if the church, the people of God, can come together and glorify God and be about the mission, stay on focus, and put that along with the power of God himself. In fact, if you go back to Matthew, Jesus reminded his disciples, he says, hey, all power is given to me on earth and in heaven. And so you take what God's look, what God's power, somebody who looks like a grasshopper, you and me, insignificant people, but you take that with the power of God. My brothers, my sisters, there's nothing that we cannot accomplish. We'll stay on the mission and see people delivered. We become the people that God has called us to be and share the gospel with the world. In fact, we begin to sing our song, a song of salvation. We'll sing of God's song for his love for a lost world. We'll sing of God's song that declares forgiveness is available. In fact, there was a, 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 a songwriter, Arabella Hankley. She wrote this song. Y'all might not know it because it's an old hymn. She says, I love to tell the story. Um, I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know this truth. 
It satisfies my longings as nothing else could do. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme and glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. So, y'all, we got to sing our song, tell our story that God is real. And the reason he gives us courage isn't to accumulate houses, isn't to accumulate cars, isn't to name it and claim it, isn't to just just, just uh, 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 um, say stuff and speak stuff into existence. He gives us the courage is to declare the story in the midst of sin that God is still God, that God is still powerful, that Jesus still forgives, that his blood still works today. I'm a living witness. His blood is real. Bless the Lord. And I thank God for his blood. So I want to invite you, saint of the most high God, to tell the story. Tell the story of Jesus and his love. Not just tell the story, be the story. (laughs) You think your life is messed up, but it's not. Here's what God says. God says through Paul, all things work together for good to them who love God and all the cause according to his purpose. So I want to invite you to tell your story, the story of salvation, to share it with somebody this week. Share what God has done in your lives. And if you'll do that this week, Just type in the word share. Share. And to those of you who have not accepted Christ, who have not, don't have a story, you think you don't have a story, I want to invite you to become the story. To know God's love. To know that there's nothing that you've done that God won't forgive. That God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die, pay the price to put you in relationship with him. And if you do that, you want to know, you want to know his forgiveness. Again, I want you to type in the word forgive. Just type in the word forgive, we'll reach out to you. Or you can um, email the word forgive to ZTCCPower.com at gmail.com, ztccpower at gmail.com. God bless you. Again, thank you for being here. Um, To our uh, winners of the Valentine's Day uh, picture, thank you so much to all of you for sending in your wedding pictures. We thank God for you. We thank God for the um, gift of marriage, and we just pray that God would sustain and strengthen your marriage. You see, marriage is an example of God's commitment to the world, and the enemy wants to destroy it. So I know you've had your challenges because there's no marriage without them, because the enemy's against it, but God is for it. And as Paul said, if God be for us, who can be against us? And so I want to pray for those of you who are married, those of you who are in relationship, those of you who want to be in relationship. And let me say this to those of you who are not in relationship. Singleness is not a curse. Amen. Singleness is not the goal. The goal is to glorify God. I mean, marriage is not the goal. The goal is to glorify God in whatever state you're in. Got that? We're going to talk about that one day. So, Father, we thank you for those who are married. We thank you for those who have come to you, who are typing in the word forgiven. 
We ask that you would give us wisdom and the word of God that they may apply it to their lives to walk in victory and relationship with you. We celebrate with those who love, who commit to tell the story of your forgiveness and what you've done in their lives. And God, I ask that you would bless every marriage that's represented here today and those who are hearing this later, that you might be glorified in their lives, that you might strengthen, that you might give answers when they want to give up, but that their marriages may represent you. And we thank you. I thank you for those who are single and maybe feeling lonely today on this Valentine's Day. God, remind them that, that marriage isn't the goal, but glorifying you is the goal, and that it's okay. And teach us married folk to communicate with those who are single um, and not to be dismissive of, of their relationships or lack of relationships, romantic relationships, but to encourage them to live wholly for you in whatever state they're in. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You don't have to go. Enjoy the music of the band. And don't forget, if you want to partner with this ministry as we bless the community and um, represent God with all that comes in, you can give by texting the word POWER to 73256. That's text the word POWER to 73256. Or you can give by Zelle at ZTCCLA at gmail.com. Thirdly, you can give on the link that's appearing in the screen. And fourthly, you can always mail it in to Zion Temple Community Church, 1315 East Vernon Avenue, Los Angeles, California. That's 1315 East Vernon Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 90011. Say hello to somebody you haven't seen for a while and enjoy the band as they worship the Lord in music. Bless you.